The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you on this Wednesday afternoon, August 28th, 2013? Welcome to this thing we call the Financial Physician Radio Program, where we get together each and every Wednesday and uh, talk about money, we talk about markets, we talk about politics. Anything that affects your financial life, and uh, if you have a question or a comment about the program, 866-472-5790 is the call number. Let's start the show off talking about the rumblings of war and what it really means uh, for financial markets, what it means for regional uh, stability in the Middle East, and uh, whether or not it is the beginning of what could turn out to be the Third World War. And I think it's that serious. And as you know, um, purportedly uh, Syria a week or so ago used uh, chemical weapons uh, against their own people, their rebels. Now, whether or not that's true or not, we don't know. I mean, it very well could be true, and everybody's talking about it as if it's true. Uh, but very well, it could have been done by the rebels to try to get us drawn into it. And these things have happened many times in the past. These are called false flags. These are things that appear to be something but are actually something else. And I'm not saying this is happening, but I'm saying is we're rushing into uh, uh, military action here uh, just a week after this happened and without firm proof uh, that the Syrian government was behind it. And again, many people are saying, well, wait a second here. You know, who benefits most by a chemical weapons attack against the people? Well, it would be the rebels who are fighting uh, uh, the the government. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sold on that yet. But anyway, you know, there was a chemicals weapons attack. Uh, the world uh, went crazy about it, as they should. Uh, it was outrageous. It was disgusting. You have children. You have women. Uh, innocent people killed. I think hundreds were killed and thousands were injured by this. And... Obviously, and, and rightfully so, the world uh, is outraged about this and uh, are very concerned about it. Uh, but it seems that this is the excuse for the United States to attack Syria, and it looks like it's going to happen any day. That's the leaks that are coming out of the administration. Now, what will that attack entail? Well, they say that uh, 
uh, we're not char- trying to change the regime. In other words, oust uh, President uh, Assad. But what are we? What are we going to do? Just throw a few um, cruise missiles in it? I don't know. But the problems that we have doing this is we don't know what's going to happen thereafter. And I guess nobody really does. But it can spiral out of control quite quickly. Now, Syria said that if they're attacked by the West, the U.S. or wherever it is, that they will attack Israel. So now you got Israel getting pulled into this. And we have rumblings from Russia and both China who backed the Syrians, at least the Syrian government, uh, that this would be catastrophic if we act. So on one side you have uh, China, Russia, and on the other side you have Israel, the United States, and the West, which could uh, percolate into a regional war or a world war. Now we're starting to see markets uh, adjust to that possibility. Yesterday we saw the stock market down almost 200 points. We saw commodities going up. Oil this morning touched $110 a barrel. In part because of concerns about the free flow of oil in the Middle East if, uh, uh, if this conflict begins. And we don't know where it's going to go. And there will be an economic shock if we have a regional war in the Middle East. First of all, oil prices will probably go as high as $150 an ounce. An ounce a barrel, I should say. And we've been there before. If you remember a few years back, we went up there. But we may go up there and stay, which would be a disaster, not only for the United States economy, but for the world economy. That are, That is very shaky as it is. It will be the death knell for the stock market. And people have to be aware and prepared uh, for this to get out of control. And this is called geopolitical risk. And we mentioned it earlier in the year. Not only do you have the economic risks that, uh, that affect corporate earnings and affect stocks and bonds and things like that, you have geopolitical risk. That's something to come out of the blue and disrupt international commerce, international trade, and the world economy. So this by, you know... This go, you know, we go into Syria or we attack Syria. Uh, it's a proxy. We're attacking China and Russia, and they're going to take it that way. And what we basically are doing, I mean, I, I'm totally against this. I'm totally against us getting involved in any way, shape, or form in any of these Middle East wars. I really am. What interest do we have to attack Syria right now? What is America's interest here? I just mentioned all these crazy things that are going to happen at war. I mean, the history of war is very simple. The cost of things go up. Energy goes up. Food prices go up. Commodities in general go up. Copper, steel. And precious metals go up. All of these things are not good for for anybody. But we still feel the need to do this. Uh, the administration saying this is going to be a two-day thing. Are you kidding me? A two-day thing? Why do it? What can we accomplish in two days by bombing different targets in Syria? 
and there'll be no repercussions from that, right? Now, Syria cannot defeat the United States military. We know that. Nor can any other country, at least right now. But it can bring down our economy. These kind of conflicts can bring down our economy. Now, yesterday, as I said, the stock market was down 170 points. Oil hit $110 a barrel. Gold and silver were big. And bond yields came down, which we'll talk about that later in the program because we, we told you, you got to keep an eye on bond yields because bond yields are driving everything. And bond yields had been going up until just the last few uh, few trading days as money's coming out of stocks and going into what uh, people consider to be a safe haven, which is um, um, treasury bonds. And that's pushing bond yields down, bond prices up. But curiously enough, with the, um, with the stock market down big, the dollar was down as well. Usually you see the dollar rise uh, when the stock market goes down. And when, void, uh, when um, uh, world markets go down, people look at the dollar as a safe haven. The dollar was down yesterday. I thought that was very interesting. Now, Russia has warned, at least uh, according to some news reports, uh, that if Syria is attacked, that there will be a massive strike against Saudi Arabia by Russia. And this is from um, European Times. Uh, a grim, urgent action memorandum issued today from the office of President Putin to the armed forces of the Russian Federation is ordering a quote-unquote massive military strike against Saudi Arabia in the event that the West attacks Syria. According to Kremlin sources familiar with the extraordinary war order, Putin became enraged after his early August meeting with Saudi Prince Bandar bin Sultan, who warned that if Russia did not accept the defeat of Syria, Saudi Arabia would unleash Chechen terrorists under their control to cause mass death and chaos during the Winter Olympics scheduled to be held um, the 23rd of February, between the 7th and the 23rd of February uh, 2014 in Soki, Russia. So, so basically what the Saudis are saying, hey, we control these terrorists, and if you don't want something really bad to happen at your Olympics, back down. And uh, Putin, as you know, is not one to, to back down that easily. Lebanese newspaper As Shafer confirmed this amazing threat against Russia, saying that Prince Bandar pledged to safeguard Russia's naval base in Syria if the Assad regime is toppled. But he also hinted at Chechen terrorist attacks on Russia's Winter Olympics in Soki if there is no accord by stating, I can give you a guarantee to protect the Winter Olympics next year. The Chechen groups that threaten the security of the games are controlled by us, meaning that we may not protect them uh, since they are controlled by us. London's The Telegraph News Service further reported today that Saudi Arabia has secretly offered Russia a sweeping deal to control the global oil market and safeguard Russia's gas contracts if the Kremlin backs away from the Assad regime in Syria. An orphan that Putin replied to by saying, our stance on Assad will never change. We believe that the Syrian regime is the best speaker on behalf of the Syrian people and not those liver eaters. And he was referring to uh, footage showing a a rebel eating the heart and liver of a Syrian soldier. Some of us have heard about that and saw that. So basically we got um, 
Russia, and the reason why Russia's back in Syria is very simple, is they got major, major oil contracts and gas contracts with the European Union. That is Russia. And Syria will not allow the Saudis or anybody else in the Middle East to allow a pipeline to carry natural gas or oil through Syria into Turkey and into Europe. The Russians don't want the competition. So that's their interest. The Saudis' interest and other Middle Eastern uh, producers of oil and, and natural gas is to get the European market. And that's one of the reasons why they want Assad tumbled. So we got Syria threatened Israel. We got Hezbollah coming out saying that they will be attacking Israel on all fronts. We got Russia coming out and uh, threatening Saudi Arabia with a massive military attack if this happens. Now, will it happen? Will this attack on uh, – well, if it doesn't, then here you have uh, President Obama who says there's a red line and he made a stupid statement that, that chemical weapons would be a red line. And now that it's happened purportedly, he's got to act on it. I mean, he's pressured. He can't say, you know, you know, that's a red line. Do nothing about it. So, again, we have major geopolitical risk in these markets. And uh, this uh, one little, whatever you want to call it, two-day attack that the U.S. is going to lead, and it may happen tomorrow, it may happen Friday, or they may back down and not happen at all, which would be the best thing. Uh, we could see uh, the unraveling of markets around the world, and we could see further escalation of what will be possibly uh, the Third World War uh, that we've seen in the century. All right, time for a break. 866-472-5790 is the phone number. You're listening to The Financial Physician right here on Voice America's Business Channel. My name is Lou Skatigna. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Did you know that at the root of every business problem lies a communication issue? Communication Nation, a show that brings effective business communication practices to the masses, addresses a number of topics and talking points that impact your professional development, as well as business productivity and profitability. Host Jill Schiffelbein makes the theoretical tangible. Tune in each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be ready to become a better communicator with Communication Nation. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to the financial physician and America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free, 1-866-472-5788. Once again, here's Lou. All right, about four weeks ago, I um, I said on this program that uh, we're heading for a major financial crisis, most likely this fall. Uh, that we'll see uh, another major crash in the stock market and all kinds of uh, market dislocations around the world and that it was important to prepare for that, meaning take your 401ks and become more conservative with them, uh, sell stock mutual funds or in, if you're overexposed to the stock market to get out, uh, that this was eerily similar to summer. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it was eerily similar, not to 2008 as much uh, as it is similar to uh, the summer of 1987. And those of you who are old enough to remember 1987, that was when the stock market crashed after a major run-up during the summer. Uh, No matter what the news was, the market was going up. Uh, It didn't make any economic sense for the market to be going up. We also saw interest rates starting to go up in the bond market. And on October 19th, 1987, uh, the stock market had its worst day ever. Uh, Until this day, it's still the worst day ever. Uh, The market dropped 22% in one day. And I remember that day very well because I had just opened up my firm, AFM Investments. Uh, My partner and I uh, opened up the firm. We were both 27 years old, had no money, borrowed money to open the firm. They were still painting the walls at the time, and the market crashed 22% in a day uh, the next week. And, of course, we were like, okay, we're going into a depression now. What do we do about it? Uh, but here we are 27 years later uh, in the same firm uh, with the same partner. Uh, and uh, now I think we're at the doorstep of a major depression. So anyway, I told people to get out of the market. And I, I, I've done that before. I did it in the summer of uh, 2008 in July, uh, just prior to the Lehman crash. And it's not because I was the smartest guy in the world. I'm not. I just read a lot. I follow a lot of people I respect. Uh, I've been in a market for a long time, and I, I, I see things that don't make sense to me. I saw what was going on in housing. I had a, a, a postman come to me and tell me he was going to buy a $750,000 house with little or no money down, and I told him he was nuts. And uh, I just knew that this was, that this was going to end badly. And there was other people out there saying the same thing, and you know I followed them as well. And we made the call to get out of the market. Now, you never know 100% uh, that the market's going to crash. You know, nobody knows that. But the risk is high of that happening, especially now given the war drums that we're hearing. And boy, nothing can upset markets more than geopolitical uprisings, military action. And who knows what follows that? Interest against the United States, whether they're terrorists, whatever you want to call them, Al-Qaeda, whatever, right? Uh, they may unleash terrorist attacks as retaliation for attacking a Middle East country. 
And look, and this didn't end good in Iraq. It's not ending good in Afghanistan. And Syria is much more militarized than any of those countries. Their air defenses have been bolstered by Russia. And they are not Iraq. So if we have to go in there for any reason, it will not be pretty. We also have problems with Egypt. That hasn't gone away. So there's a big risk here that the flow of oil may be stopped or slowed down or supplies just won't be the same. And it is that spike in oil prices that could destroy the economy, destroy oil markets. And that wasn't the reason why I gave my call to get out of the market. It was other reasons. But this basically just pushes that along and, 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 and makes it even more likely. And I'm really hoping, I'm, I'm really hoping that this does not happen. Now, some people out there were calling for higher oil prices even without this. And uh, Society uh, General, big bank in, in, in Europe, is saying that, that gold would go to $125 a barrel uh, in the coming days in connection with the U.S.-led retaliatory strike against Syria. 125 And if this uh, spills over a little bit more, it could be 150 to 175 But there's other things going on in, in the oil market that I think is um, pretending higher prices. Uh, dollar weakness. Oil is priced in dollars, at least for now. And as the dollar becomes weaker, so uh, it takes more dollars to buy oil. And in some parts of the world, economic growth is a little bit better than some people have been expecting. So if the economy grows, there's more demand for oil. So there's other reasons out there that can propel oil prices higher. And with higher oil prices come the following. Higher heating oil prices. Uh, we're almost into September. Soon we'll be turning our furnaces on again. And uh, it has been incredibly expensive to heat your home if you're an oil heat customer. Trust me, I am one and I know. If we have $150 oil, it'll be just Unbelievable. How much, how much it would cost to heat your home this winter. Gasoline prices, also tied, obviously, to a barrel of oil. We're going to see $4 gasoline and maybe even higher. And again, the, the, the price of energy really affects the economy more than almost anything else. Energy goes into producing everything. And... Uh, even without Syrian tensions, we could see substantial increase in oil prices. Now, I mentioned also earlier that Syria had uh, threatened Israel, saying if they're attacked by the United States or the West in any way, uh, that they would attack Israel. They came right out and said it. And today, uh, Israel came out and warned that uh, it would respond to any attack on a Jewish state in retaliation for any Western military strike against the Assad regime. This week, uh, I think it was yesterday, um, Israel called up the reservists to be prepared for the pot potential state of war. 
The state of Israel is ready for any scenario, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said in a brief statement after a meeting with security officials in Jerusalem. We are not part of the civil war in Syria, but if we identify any attempt whatsoever to harm us, we will respond and we will respond in strength. So you see how this goes? You know, all of a sudden now another one's drawn in. Then Saudi Arabia may be drawn in by, by, by Russia. And now you have what's basically a world war. And many people see that coming. On Monday, a senior official in President Bashar Assad's Ba'ath Party, Khalaf Muftah, said in a radio interview that Israel will, quote-unquote, come under fire if the U.S. and its allies launch military strikes against Syria in response to last Wednesday's deadly chemical attack in the suburbs of Damascus. We have strategic weapons, and we're capable of responding, he said, adding that those weapons are normally aimed at Israel. Israel Daily Newspaper, Israel Hayam, quoted Muftah as saying further, quote, it's possible to say unambiguously that a process of war against Syria could lead to an all-out world war. The responsibility for that will rest on the United States and the Zionist entity's shoulders. Meanwhile, the Ber Beirut Daily Star quoted a senior source close to uh, uh, Hezbollah saying that in the event of major Western strike against Syria, Hezbollah will fight on various fronts and predicting an immediate inferno of a war with Israel. The paper also quoted pro-Hezbollah cleric Afif Nabusi as saying that any strike against Syria will be met by harsh responses against U.S. interests in the region and against Israel directly. So we got all these threats going around, but it seems that we're hell-bent on doing this. And uh, to what end, I don't know. Now, Jim Rogers, um, many people have heard of Jim Rogers, legendary investor, world traveler, now lives in Singapore. And uh, he warned uh, overnight in an interview uh, with Reuters uh, that oil and gold will go much higher, much higher, due to market panic regarding Syria and the coming end of free money. So he's quoting panic in the markets because of the Fed tapering off their, their, their quantitative easing and combined with this, that will have panic in the markets. Billionaire Eric Sprott. Eric Sprott's a very well-known billionaire in Canada, made his money in the mining field, manages a lot of money now. Uh, he gave a recent interview, and he said that the world is in for a massive and frightening collapse. He said that he would start out with his fundamental conclusion that the financial system in the world is broke. It's obvious that the U.S. government is broke. That's the easiest calculation in the world to make. And he went on to say that um, Detroit's the United States. He said, we all knew Detroit was broke 10 years ago, but nobody did anything about it. We all waited for 10 years. And then finally, of course, what happens is, is instead of pensioners having to take a 10 or 20 percent cut, they have to take a 75 percent cut. And that's what I fear is going to happen in the United States. We keep delaying, delaying the obvious. 
and then somebody there is going to be um, something that happens. And of course, the cuts that people will have to to deal with in Medicare, Social Security, government pension checks will be way bigger than it had to be because nobody did anything about it in the meantime. And where we're going is obvious. And he went on to talk about derivatives and everything else out there. Now, we're hearing more and more of these very, very wealthy, in some case billionaires, from Jim Rogers to Eric Sprott uh, to John Embry. You know, these guys are coming out and, and, and they're basically saying that the worst is coming. And we have to be, we have to be worried about that and we have to be protective of our assets. I'm going to take another break. The phone number 866-472-5790. My name is Luz Katigner and you're listening to The Financial Physician right here on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Looking for a business talk radio program that's unlike any other talk radio program you've heard before? It's time to check out Game On! Business Talk Radio with host Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Dr. Miles and his guests will tackle some of the unconventional and controversial issues and topics in the business world. We'll outline, discuss, and provide solutions to certain problems in marketing, business management, financial accounting, and policies. You and your business can't afford to miss a show. Tune in Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice. America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. On the Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luz Katigna? Call him now at 1-866-472-5788. Or email the show. Here's the address. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. All right. Welcome back to the Financial Physician where we talk politics, money, markets, things that affect your financial life. And... Uh, as you know, as a regular listener to this program, uh, and if you were a regular listener to the financial position for the last 12 years on various networks, um, you know that I'm a big believer in hard assets. I'm a big believer in gold and silver as an alternative to holding paper currencies. 
And, you know, paper currencies are uh, backed by nothing. You know, it used to be that a, a paper currency, a $20 bill, whatever it is, was just a receipt. That's all currencies were. It's a receipt. And you'd be able to go to a bank and, and take that $20 and, and, and give it to the bank and get $20 worth of gold. So you could pretty much just exchange your money for gold. You can't do that now. You can't walk into a, a bank and say, I want $100 worth of gold. It's backed by nothing. And that's called fiat currencies. And for the first time in history, virtually all Western countries have fiat currencies. Nobody backs their money by gold. So basically, the value of paper currencies is basically based on the confidence that people have in it and the confidence in the economy and the country that's issuing it. And also uh, the supply of that currency. If a country is, is, is producing more and more currency through the printing press, they're diluting the value of each unit, just as if a company keeps issuing stocks. If you own 100 shares of stocks and is and a million shares outstanding, you own a certain percent of the company. But if all of a sudden there's now 100 million outstanding, the value of your shares go down because there's more and more pieces of it out there. There's more and more units. And that's what's happening now, not only here in the United States, but basically across the world. There is virtually no gold standard anymore. And that's the reason why we're seeing the value of currencies drop. It's the reason why we're seeing prices of things go up. It's the reason why oil is $110 a barrel. One of the reasons. It's the reason why gold, which was $300 an ounce 10 years ago, is now $1,420 an ounce. It's not that gold has gone up over the course of, of these last 10 years. It's that the value of the dollar has gone down. And in major currencies around the world, we're seeing gold up substantially over the last 10 years, but especially over the last four or five years, as people look for an alternative to paper currencies. Now, in April of this year, gold was attacked. April 14th, 15th, I think the date was. Out of nowhere, in two days, gold was taken down $200 an ounce without any news or any uh, development to warrant that. And massive, massive amounts of gold were sold uh, on the COMEX exchange through the futures market. No individual or no entity could have that much power to push down gold except a central bank like the Federal Reserve. And the question going around the gold market is why would that happen? Why is that necessary? Well, there's a couple of, of, of views going around. The first one is that uh, major bullion exchanges, uh, the London Bullion Exchange and the COMEX, uh, were having massive amounts of, of deliveries. People wanted their gold. They didn't want them to hold it anymore. They didn't want to trade futures contracts for cash. They actually wanted the metal. And especially in London, their inventories were being drained. So they had to raid gold. Under the assumption that as gold's coming down, people will panic, they'll sell more of their gold, and uh, they'll get it, the gold that they're short. Well, just the opposite happened. As the price dropped, demand skyrocketed, and people all around the world are trying to buy as much gold as they can, which made the problem even worse. 
So from the low that we saw, and it happened again in June, they pushed it down again a little bit further. But gold uh, bottomed on June 28th at $1,180 an ounce. It closed today, I think, $1,420, which is 20% higher than the low, which uh, puts it in a new bull market. A bear market is when it drops 20%, any entity. And a bull market is when it goes up 20%. So gold now has re-entered the bull market phase. And a lot of people were panicking as gold was going down. And I was telling my clients, I'm telling my listeners, don't do nothing. If you do anything, buy. Do not sell into this. The gold bull market is over. Meanwhile, on the mainstream media, the financial media, everybody was coming out of the woodwork saying the gold bull market was over. And I said it can't be over because the reasons for the bull market in gold have only grown. The debt of the United States has continued to grow to gigantic levels and is continuing to grow. The Federal Reserve continues to debase the currency through the printing of money, as is many countries around the world. And this is going to ultimately result in a hyperinflationary currency collapse. It always has. Eventually, every fiat currency in the history of the world has collapsed. Every single one, 100% of the time. Fiat meaning without gold backing. Just printed money. Every single one has collapsed. So, I mean, I, I saw no reason for people to panic out of their gold positions. And I had to work hard to keep people from doing that. And here we are now back at uh, $1,420. Uh, a lot of that, you know, we saw a big move yesterday as um, people are looking for uh, a safety trade as we enter the Syrian conflict. And uh, it's been quite amazing to rebound in gold in just, uh, just a month or so. And now people are now looking forward to September where we're going to have uh, lots of contentious debate in Congress about the debt ceiling. About the budget. About Obamacare. There may be some... Um, some... Uh, how should I put it, um, gamesmanship, coming down to the wire again. Now, Secretary, Treasury Secretary uh, Liu uh, said that the U.S. government will hit the debt ceiling and be unable to borrow money to pay its bills in the middle of October unless Congress votes to increase the federal debt ceiling. It's interesting, though, the nation's debt for 100 days has not changed. The absolute debt of the United States, $25 million just under the debt ceiling for 100 straight days. Meanwhile, we've had budget deficits every single month for the last three months. So how could that be? I mentioned that last week. How can that be? How can we not have the debt of the country go up when we have, I think last month was a $60 billion deficit? And how convenient that the debt just stays $25 million, which is nothing, uh, below the debt ceiling amount. What kind of tricky accounting are they doing? They're borrowing money from the, uh, um, the government pension plan 
But if you're borrowing money from anyone, it's part of your debt, isn't it? Regardless of where that money's coming from. Because you have to pay it back. So, you know, the government's lying to us. They're playing tricks on us. We've already exceeded the debt ceiling. But not officially because of things that they're doing uh, in their creative accounting. So if you're in gold, congratulations for not getting sucked out of your gold, which was exactly what they wanted to do to you. And for those of you who bought gold and silver, as we suggested when it was $1,200 an ounce, good for you. You get a nice profit. But those of you who just held on, good for you too. And what's interesting is when, when gold plunged, the amount of, of buying gold skyrocketed. That doesn't usually happen. In a recent survey, only one in a hundred said they sold all their holdings of the precious metals. One in a hundred during that decline, which is uh, mind-boggling in of itself. But the decline was not real. The decline was manufactured. I think the way they did it, most people saw that. that. That the decline was manufactured, it wasn't real. And it gave people an opportunity uh, to get into the precious metals at a cheaper, cheaper amount. Citigroup, their, their top technical analyst, Tom Fitzpatrick, he's been a long-time bull on gold. And in an interview uh, recently, he reiterated his view that gold could head to $3,500 an ounce. And I agree with him wholeheartedly. This is a quote. With, within the gold dynamic, we believe this recent correction was very similar to what happened to the gold market from 1974 to 1976 as the equity markets recovered from the bear market bottom in 1974. In this instance, very recently, gold went 14% below the 55-month moving average, exactly as it did in 1976. After the low in gold in 1976, the equity market peaked four weeks later. So far, following the $1,180 low in gold, the peak in the equity markets has been five weeks thereafter. And uh, as we started that historic upward movement in gold beginning in 1976, this was also when the equity, equity market peaked and went into a corrective phase, and that is when gold really came into its own. So we, we believe we're back into the track where gold is the hard currency of choice, and we expect for this trend to accelerate going forward. We still believe that in the next couple of years, we'll be looking at a gold price of around $3,500 an ounce. And as for the gold-silver ratio, we expect it to plummet to near 30, and this would also suggest a silver price of $100 an ounce. So here's another gold bull out there um, besides me. And when we get back to the, from the break, I'm going to tell you about what's going on in uh, one of the largest countries in, in, in Asia and what's happening to their currency and what's happening to the gold price in that currency. All right, we're going to take another short break. My name's Lou Skatigny. You're listening to The Financial Physician. Don't go away. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network there should be mandatory personal finance courses taught in both high school and college you're listening to the financial physician financial illiteracy is the number one reason the average american has little or no net worth. America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you now. Give him a call at 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Lou. All right, welcome back. Lou Scatigna here. We get together each and every Wednesday, 4 p.m. on the East Coast, 1 p.m. on the West Coast. And as always... The show is archived pretty much forever on uh, voiceamerica.com on the business channel. And I also have a link um, uh, on my website, which you should visit each and every day. I have a a blog there where I um, put articles, videos, my own commentary. Um, uh, Also on this radio program, I usually videotape uh, the first two segments of the program and we put it on the blog um, uh, as well. And we got a lot of good stuff there for you. And... um, you should visit it each and every day. Also, uh, my book, The Financial Physician, How to Cure Your Money Problems and Boost Your Financial Health, is something every one of you should have and a great gift for a young couple in your life. I think it's a, it's a great um, learning book. And it's not meant to be complicated financial planning. It's meant to be very basic and it's really good for like newlyweds uh, who don't understand insurance. They don't understand how to buy a house right, how to buy a car properly and so forth. And you can get that at Amazon.com. Last I saw it, I think it was $10 and change. Uh, so I think it's a, a pretty good investment on your part. Uh, and, uh, and again, this radio show is um, on every 
Wednesday, and we bring you information that I don't think you're going to hear other places. You know, on a mainstream financial radio, financial TV, uh, they're always bullish. They're always positive. They're always looking for the positive. And I'm not always looking for the negative, but I'm realistic. And, you know, nobody in uh, 2008 I, I saw on CNBC uh, were telling people to get out of the market uh, that everything was going to crack. And believe me, a lot of people on Wall Street knew it was going to happen because they're all part of it. You never heard it on TV. You never read about it until after it happened. And it was really no warning. And uh, we're kind of uh, the Paul Revere uh, of markets. And we're trying to tell people that we're in a situation now that is extremely dangerous for many, many reasons. Uh, the conflict in the, the Middle East, which is the, the, the most um, recent issue. Rising interest rates in the bond market. Derivative problems in the banking system. Now we see housing starts are down dramatically. Why? Because interest rates are going up in the mortgage market. Uh, so it was a very fragile, if you want to call it recovery, uh, is now at risk uh, from a lot of different headwinds. And a market that's sitting close to a record high is ripe for a crash under that circumstance. And we know the market's gone up mainly due to the, uh, the stimulus that the Fed has put in, the, the printing of, of, of trillions of dollars of money that found its way into markets. And if the, if the Fed does taper and stop doing that, uh, we know that that's going to have an adverse effect on markets. I, for one, uh, don't buy it yet because I think the, the problems are too great for the Federal Reserve to start cutting uh, their money printing and their stimulus and their bond buying. Uh, the Fed can't let interest rates go up here. The market's doing it for it, and if they really started to actually taper, uh, I think the bond market would have a, a vicious reaction with the yields going up even further, which will hurt the housing market and everything else even further. Now, the Syrian stuff, the, the, the war issue here, uh, I think is going to have a substantial effect on markets if we get involved in it. And it's going to start with the oil price. I mean, the oil prices are starting to react to this potential at $110 a barrel. That could be cheap if this becomes a regional war. Now, I mentioned earlier in the program that Jim Rogers, the, the renowned investor and uh, trader, uh, older guy, uh, a guy that I respect and I followed for a very, very long time. Uh, yesterday, I believe he did an interview uh, on Reuters, and uh, he was telling people to prepare for a market panic. And I'm going to play – it's a three-minute interview. It's not a long interview, but I, I, I found the clip, and I, and I want to play it for you uh, in its entirety. Jim, geopolitical concerns rising with talk of potential military action in Syria. How are these events weighing on your views towards investing? Well, Tara, I own, I own oil, I own gold, I own things like that. And if there is going to be a war, and it sounds like America's desperate to have a war, they're going to go much, much higher. Stocks are going to go down. Some of the markets that I'm short are already going down. Commodities are going to go up. I mean, yeah, some of the things I own, I'll make a lot of money. It's, I'm not particularly keen on war, I assure you, but it sounds like they want it. Is your main concern about supply chain disruptions for oil? Is that where we'll see the biggest moves? Well, that's where we'll see huge moves, but the problem with war tariffs, and I'm not the first to know this, no matter how well the plans are made, strange things happen in war. And who knows what unintended consequences will come. But I do know that throughout history, whenever you've had war, 
Things like food prices have gone up a lot, energy prices have gone up a lot, copper prices, lead prices, you know, all of these things go up a lot whenever there's been a war in the past. Meanwhile, moving farther to the Far East, we're seeing something of a mini crisis around Asia. The Fed stimulus unwinding really affecting confidence in India and Indonesia in particular. Do you think this is a short-term blip or do you think these countries face very rough waters ahead? Of course they face rough waters ahead, Tara. You know, India and Indonesia, Turkey too, which is part of Asia, all of them have huge balance of trade deficits, which they've been able to finance with all this artificial free money that's been floating around. Now, the artificial sea of liquidity is going to end someday, and when it ends, all the people depending on this free money and this sea of liquidity are going to suffer, whether it's this week or this year or next year, they're all going to suffer. I mean, We're already, we though, Jim, seeing sort of the unwinding of what happens when there's fears of that stimulus coming out. What's next for these countries? Where does it go from here? Tara, we, we haven't seen much of anything yet. I mean, normally in bear markets, things go down 40 to 80 percent and people give up. They throw the shares out the window and they say, I never want to invest again as long as I live. Sure, we've seen some declines. Have we seen panic? Have we seen terror? Absolutely not. Not in any markets yet. Are you expecting panic? We've seen many crises, but do you see more panic? Yes, of course. When, when, when this artificial sea of liquidity ends, we're going to see panic in a lot of markets, including in the U.S., including in West developed markets. I mean, Tara, this is the first time in recorded history that all major central banks have been flooding the money with artificial money printing at the same time, when they've all been trying to to base their currencies at the same time. This has never happened in recorded history. When this ends, it's going to be a huge mess. And it is going to be a huge mess, and there you have it. It's not just me saying it. You know, I mean, it's there's a, there's a lot of smart people out there uh, that are very concerned about this. Now, let's take a, a look at what's going on, and you, you probably haven't heard about this because it's not really being reported, what's going on in India. India's currency has collapsed in a relatively short amount of time for a variety of reasons, but uh, in just the last three, three days alone uh, against the U.S. dollar, it's uh, it's gone from 64 um, uh, uh, rupees to buy a dollar to 70. So that's a six rupee move in just three days. That's a big, big move. And purchases of, of gold and silver in the country are exploding as people are desperate to protect what little purchasing power they have left. Uh, the, the country's uh, instituted capital controls. Uh, but meanwhile smuggling of gold into the country is, is, is out of control. So we have a currency collapse, but let's look what's happening with gold in rupees. On July 1st, it took 70,000 rupees to buy an ounce of gold. Today, it takes 97,534. That's a 40% increase in the price of gold in that currency. And that's what happens when currencies fall. When currencies fall, hard assets rise, and that's what we're seeing uh, happen in India. And that's like uh, gold going from 1400 as it is now, to uh, 2000 in less than six weeks. All right, maybe a little bit more than that. And that's what will happen when the U.S. dollar goes down, collapses, or whatever you want to talk about it. And then ultimately, when the real collapse happens, the whole hyperinflationary thing happens, and then gold goes to the moon. 
And when uh, it collapsed in Iceland, the only people uh, who were saved were those who have gold. And when it collapses here, if you have gold, you'll be saved. All right, we're at the end of our hour. It goes so fast here on the financial position. I call it the fastest hour in financial talk radio. Thanks so much for joining us. And please join us next week for the next edition of the financial position. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.